and welcome to a Burkamp Wonderland. This is an Arsenal podcast for all you wonderful Arsenal fans out there. Uh, I just want to welcome you and I want to welcome our esteemed panelists this evening. Look at them. They're looking great, aren't they? <laughs> I'm going to introduce first the man who has all the plans. He is the man with the master plan, in other words. That is Danny the GFP. Say hello, Danny. Uh, hello, Danny. Hello, John. <laughs> how are you, Femi? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. You had a good week? Yeah, it's been good, good, good. Uh, secondly, and not leastly, I want to also welcome um, the man with the voice that is so sultry and he does his thing on a daily basis, keeping London running. Welcome, Carl. Hello, Femi. Hello, Daniel. Good evening. How's everyone doing? Keep London running. What if I hear that? Listen, without my imports, London will come to a standstill, and nobody wants that. So, you know, I think the world owes me my dues. They owe me more than my quite large wages, but, you know. If Fifey's listening to this, he's just launched his MP3 player out of the nearest window. You see, the problem with Andrew is that, one, he doesn't reply to messages uh, promptly. And if True. you want Andrew, reply promptly. And yeah. also, he kind of, he, he doesn't take the tube anymore, or the train. He's uh, one of those, oh, I need to stay at home and work. He's not a key worker. <laughs> Believe it or not, I haven't been on public transport for almost a year now, which is Trace absolutely up. insane, isn't it? It's to coming up to a year in March, so that's around the corner. The only reason why I take it is to go to and from work. Um, yeah. And even then, I don't use a tube. I just use the trains. So, um, yeah, but, yeah, you know, I hope crazy. everyone is into government guidance is, and staying at home and only uh, travelling if you absolutely have to. Let's try and beat this horrible, horrible virus. Yeah. Uh, you're a little bit quiet, Carl. If you can pump it up a little bit, that'd be lovely. Yes, right, family. Where are we starting? So, uh, I thought it's a, a good place to start, actually, I think, is, I think, uh, about maybe two, three weeks ago, let's say three weeks ago, we were all down in the dumps. It was a, a hard time to be an Arsenal fan, and a lot of fans were having sleepless nights and a lot of arguments on, on, on the Twitter. But as of late, you know, been on a good run of form. Um, four wins in a row, three consecutive clean sheets as well. I mean, how, how does that make you feel? I'll go with Carl first. How, how are you feeling about everything now? Uh, a bit more relaxed. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, I was a little bit worried. I know Danny said that, you know, we too, we wasn't going to go down, but... <laughs> uh, you know, we were in perilous situation. It wasn't good. I mean... You think to yourself, oh, really, really bad run of results. What do we do? We let's go back to Villa. We sort of we lost to Villa, didn't we? Three 0 at home, which nobody thought that would ever happen. But lose three 0 and they played us off the park. It wasn't like one of those three 0 that you look at and you think to yourself, oh well, you know, it's one of those things. They actually played us off the park. They battered us, and then. We went to Leeds and Drew, and even that was a dire performance. We just couldn't do anything. Um, and then Wolves beat us at home, and then we lost to the scum. <laughs> and 
of all teams, Burnley. Burnley came to the Emirates and beat us, um, which was ridiculous. I mean, um, Burnley beating us at home and then drew Southampton and lost to Everton. Um, and after that, it was looking bad. It was looking really, really bad. And I was it, feeling right before you started talking, Carl. I've got over all of this. And now it's, <laughs> it's all come flooding back. Thanks. You have to look at the bad side, but then you look at the good because we played Chelsea go. at home. And then, because nobody thought we was going to beat Chelsea. Let's be honest. I, I, I very much doubt either of you two thought we was going to uh, beat Chelsea. And, you know, Fat Frank and his boys came down to the Emirates and we beat them. And then that was the sort of the catalyst. And I think our run of form ever since that Chelsea game has been brilliant. Like you said, uh, we've won. We've literally only conceded that one goal against Chelsea. Uh, and it's onwards and upwards. I think that uh, a change of personnel was definitely the kickstart to sort of the run of form because, and I'm sure we, we'll, we'll talk about this in depth maybe now or later, but um, the personnel on the pitch just wasn't good enough. It, it just wasn't uh, at all. The you know the likes of Willian, who for me just seems like he's he can't run anymore. He, he's lost his legs, um, and he wasn't doing us any favors. Pepe very, very inconsistent, just, you know, no end product, no creativity, um, just literally running in circles. The midfield was just doing nothing at all. And, you know, Mikel Arteta has obviously looked at it and made some changes, not probably uh, through his own doings, probably through necessity because we had a lot of players out for COVID reasons and injuries and not feeling well. And he brought in the kids and, you know, look what they've done. They've literally um, rejuvenated Arsenal. They've literally came in and said, you know, we're the kids, we're going to take over now. And and they've done it. So congratulations to them. But, you know, Arteta needs to obviously get some praise at all. Because if you're going to, if you're going to browbeat him for when we lose games, you've got to give him credit for when we win games. And for that, you know, he has to take a, a tiny little bit of credit because that was he's doing yeah uh, you know before I, I i speak to danny before i say what was you know how are you feeling now what was what was the lowest point for you of of the that run of results what, what, uh, what do you think the lowest point was burnley losing to burnley at home <laughs> that was for me because i remember talking in the group and we were saying we've got to beat burnley but that i mean burnley coming to the emirates at home, we've got to beat them. And I think when we lost to them, and it was, I don't know, we had a red card in that game. I, I understand. Was it Gabriel that got sent off in, up against Burnley? No, that was Xhaka. Jacques, yeah, Xhaka. And it was just a, a bad performance. And then to top it off, it was an own goal by Aubameyang, wasn't it? Um, you know, he hadn't hit the net on the, at the other end of the um, pitch for God knows how many games, and then he scores an own goal. But that, for me was when I was worried the most, losing at Burnley to home, because all the other teams, I mean, Villa, yeah, that it was a bad, but that was a bad performance, and it beat us 3-0, absolutely played us off the park. Spurs, even though we lost to Spurs away, Spurs at that time were in a good run of form, and they hit us on the break with two lucky goals, I think. It, not lucky, but it was two counter-attacks. They never played us off the park, they never 
like really beat us. It was just two counter attacks that, and then one where a player walked off the pitch because he was injured. But I would say, yeah, Burnley at home when we lost one nil, that was the one that really got to me. Yeah, I think for me it might have been Everton away. Maybe I think there was something about our our attacking that just lacked imagination too many times for my liking. So, Danny, with four wins in a row. I'm going to ask you the the big question. Do you change the team or do you keep the winning team with a few? We're going to talk about a few players coming back um, later on in the show, but do you change the team? Actually, we might as well incorporate it into, into this section. We've got party coming back and Gabrielle coming back. What would you do? Um, I think players, certain players at the club have come in knowing they're not going to be first uh, starters. So Gabriel has to come back and, and slip back in there. I think Mari, when he signed, wasn't guaranteed first team football. And I think the new contract that Holding has signed has kind of, there might have been an agreement that you are going to be playing more regularly. But there's it's Mari, um, Gabriel and Holding are the main three. Now, those three can be rotated all season, and I don't think any of them are going to complain. But I think it would not be nice to bring Gabriel back in because it was only, it's not like he's been injured or anything, is it? He was, uh, was he, he didn't, did he test positive for COVID or was he just get the text saying, well, you've been he around tested, people? He tested positive. Uh, they said he had mild symptoms. Uh, yeah, so it's not like a physical injury like so many of our other like, party coming back. That's a physical injury. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he does start. Um, I really like the look of Mari. Mari and Mari, I'm going to call him each one seven different times during the show. I really like the composure of that bloke. I mean, you look what he's done as a, in his career. He's played in Spain and then he played in Holland. Um, he was really good at Man City, but then never really got any games, went off to Brazil and played brilliantly there for them, become a short-term legend, a massively overused word. And I really like Bob Holding, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was... But there's that thing, isn't there? Most teams are quite happy to play two right-footed centre-backs, but there seems to be an issue with Arsenal fans going, we can't play two left-footed centre-backs. Of course you can. There's no reason why yeah. you can't. I think, so I, I, think, I think this is something that Josh spoke about on the podcast last week. Um, and he did explain it quite well, actually. I, I think he, he was talking about the training of two left-footed centre-backs where they never, ever play on the on the right side. And and, and that made me picture maybe just <laughs> maybe a, 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 if you've got a very right-footed or very left-footed player going up against them and they're not used to that side, it, it could be a problem for them. Maybe. Never know. It, it will take a lot of training, probably, in the training ground. I can't remember the facts, but I was listening to Kevin, Big Kev Campbell, Arsenal legend, last night. It was on with Sophie. I'm um, going to have a look for their podcast. And he was explaining with Tony Adams and with Martin Keown. I think he said um, they were both the same foot or one of them was left-footed and played on the right or something like that. But go and have a listen to it because Kev knows. Uh, yeah, so I, my personal choice would be Mari and Gabrielle. I just think, I mean, Mari's just such a good-looking bloke. We need, since Giroud's gone, all, all the Arsenal ladies that, that were drawing some of the men that are drooling over Giroud and that wonderful beard. We've now got Pablo Mari to look at, and he's a he's a good, I'm quite envious, actually. He's, he's a very good-looking chap, so I've wandered off the point here, haven't I? So, yeah, um, Party, we can't make the same mistake we've made before. I think twice he's, he's been tw- injured twice in his entire career. He's been at Arsenal for five minutes and been out injured twice already. So, I mean, they, um, Arteta isn't going to make that same mistake of playing him too soon. So, uh, 
it'll probably I think someone said that he'd be on the bench. It might have been Simon said he's gonna be on the bench for the for the Ballis game. That but, would be smart. Sensible mm. move, I think. But so yeah, then if good. you've got if you've got three consecutive consecutive clean sheets, you're looking at what's the constant in those three games is Pablo Mari. Um Carl, I'll ask you this one. I wasn't too sure about him, I'll be honest with you, but on Saturday against Newcastle was the first time that I was a little bit more convinced that he's actually a very good player. I remember um, when we signed him, Tim Vickery, um, who does the South American stuff all over radio, he was raving about him, his leadership skills, how he helps a team push even out. Even though he's not fast, he helps them um, push out from the back and he's very commanding. What, what have you made of him and, and would you... How, who would you choose right now between him and Gabriel? As I said to Danny on um, on Saturday, I think you've got to keep your informed players. I understand that you know Gabriel's played really well since he's been here, probably our best player. Um, but um, Mari's playing very, very well at the moment. Just to take him out of the squad just like that, I think isn't going to be good for him. Definitely not good for... Um, his confidence, you know what I mean, and I'm not saying that Gabriel can't get back into the squad, he can ease him back in, but if Mari's playing this well, you've got to keep him in. Um, I'm not a fan of playing two left-footed centre-back, but I personally wouldn't play Mari and Gabriel together. Um, but, and I'm not saying that Gabriel loses his place, but you can't just he can't just come back into the squad like that. Um, it's like if you're doing a good job at work and you're, you know, you've done all the groundwork, and then someone else comes and takes over um, the project. You'll be like, "What?" But I brought it up to this level. Why now is it changing? Do you know what I mean? So you have to kind of keep him in, I think, because it's just unfair to him. Um, you know, and he's going to make a mistake. All defenders do. There's not one defender in the world that has not made a mistake. Um, and I don't want people jumping all over him just saying, oh, you should have played Gabriel, blah, blah, blah. And listen, with this COVID um, situation, we've got a lot of games coming thick and fast. So you're going to need to change, interchange people. Um, no person can play every single week, week in, week out. Especially, you know, we've got FA Cup games and then Europa's going to start soon um, again. So, you know, there's not going to be, it's not like there's not going to be a chance for other players to play but I just think that at this precise moment in time right now you've got to play your informed players it's kind of like taking I don't know Saka out the squad or um, Smith Rowe you know they're the informed players so as far as I'm concerned you play your best team but you also play the players that are, are making an impact and right now Mari's making an impact in the squad that's that's yeah. I I I have to agree with that. Until Saturday, I probably wouldn't have agreed with that. But I I have to say, I've been um very impressed with his his leadership mm-hmm. skills. Especially, he seems to be a very commanding uh, defender. And and I saw a um a stat the other day about our um set piece defending, which is um obviously we got the new set piece coach, and one of the stats was that we've allowed the least. Uh, shots on target from set pieces and I think we've only conceded two goals from set pieces this season which is pretty phenomenal considering under Emery I think we we had something like 17 or something like that so we, we we've come a long way in that in that respect and he's he's sort of added to that as well so 
we're talking about young players and 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 players that are in and out of form. I want to talk about a few players that we want to, you know, we want to really look at. You know, young players. It's very difficult, and I can't. Probably Man United is probably the last team. Maybe the Leeds team a few years ago that went to the the the, the semi-finals, but they bought a lot of those young players. But it's very hard to get a a lot of young players coming through at one club. So we've got a few that we need to talk about because we need to talk about their form or where they fit into this team. So I'll start with um, with you, Danny. The first one I bring up is is Joel Willock. You can talk to us about Joel Willock. You know what 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 what's, what have you made of him? I, I thought his performance on Saturday was a, a little bit worrying um, for me. What what have you made of Joel? It is hard to um, pick out if if there is a problem, and if there is a problem, what the problem is. Just looking at last season, I think he played more games, not not mo- the most minutes, but the mo- more games than anybody else last season. Just looking here, 44 games he played last season, the same number as Aubameyang. Now, for someone who's 20 then, 19 and 20 then, now this season, I think he's 20 and 21, it's... Uh, it might be. It's easier for the likes of Saka and Martinelli and Smith Rowe because they only play in really in one position. Although they have one job, but Saka will play left wing or right wing. He's shown that he can switch from one to the other perfectly. But he's basically just by being a winger. I don't want to make that sound like it's simple, but that that's his job. It's like with uh, when he plays anywhere down on that side. It's not like we're asking him with Willock. Willock has played. I think he's played wide. Both time on, on both wings, he's played in central midfield. I think he's played attacking midfield. He's played in the number ten. And from years ago, you would see these young players under Wenger, like Henri, start off out wide, and then you'd make your way in. But maybe just to see them, so then you know what the uh, as a striker what you can expect from a winger. If you've played on the wing, then that's how we used to say famously the likes of Wright and Bergkamp and Henri, they knew where each other would be without having to look. Uh, but it's it's been like three seasons now. Um, Willock has played 77 games for Arsenal and got 11 goals. You'd have thought by now that he'd be getting a little bit closer to going, yeah, this is my position. But I don't know whether that is down to the central midfield is the bit at Arsenal at the moment, which is the one thing that that needs to be fixed. You've got players coming in and out. I think we'll see a lot more of where Willock's best position is going to be when Party's back. Because when Party comes in, he's our number one midfielder and everything else will play around him. So once he's back, then maybe Willock will go, well, I am a central midfielder who gets forward like Ramsey rather than being a number 10 like uh, like like, uh, like Ozil is. Or maybe he's going to be a kind of player like Wilshere is where he does, is Wilshere kind of box to box? So whichever description you want to give the bloke, it's taken a while for him to turn his League Cup and Europa League form because in that 77 games, he's got 11 goals. Now that's a fantastic reply and return on that many games. And he looks really, really good. But as a young player, you've got to think, well, this week, am I playing wide? Am I playing deep? Am I playing up front? Hopefully this season is going to be this season where it's going to come good because quite a lot of Arsenal fans are going, no, nah, he's done. Like this, The tide is starting to turn on Eddie as well. People are going, nah, get rid of him, which is a shame because these are these are gooners. These are people, people who have been at the club since they were children. These are magnificent hailing products and uh, I want to see them do well. But is that a reason to keep someone, Danny? Just because you know they've come through the academy and they're gooners. If they're not good enough... Yeah. And I'm, well, not saying, not... I'm not saying he's not, but if yeah. he's not good enough, then is that just a reason to keep him? 
I don't know if we can say that he isn't good enough because it's not like he's costing us a load of money in wages, which is why we want some players out. And it's not like he's taking up a spot because he counts as homegrown and we can have lots of them. So uh, I, I don't see any negatives to just keeping Willock at the club. Hopefully, I mean, how long has Smith Rowe been doing all of this lot? And it's only just been in the last month that we've got, oh, fuck, here he is. He's turned up, the player's here. We now know his position, we now know his ability, and we can all see what he's doing. Maybe just taking a little bit longer for, for Willock to do that. But with that being said, you made a point now. Oh, I think his Wi-Fi's gone wonky. What was he going to say? What do you reckon? Oh, <laughs> you might have to go out and come back in for me. Danny, I'll ask you a question. So we were talking about obviously, you know, some of the players that we have you're know, coming through. Smith Rowe, you know, he went out on loan. He Huddersfield, wasn't it? And he was it Huddersfield? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, you know, with a relegation battle. And and I think that's always good for a player like that to go down uh, a level and just you know, Premier League is much different to the Championship. I, I think the Championship is probably one of the, if not the hardest leagues in the world, or probably one of the best, um, definitely. And um, it's 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 good for a player to play week in, week out, especially someone at that age where, you know, the Premier League is different to the Championship because in the Premier League, it's a bit fancy. In the Championship, you're going to get kicked about. So if someone sort of can make it in the Championship and, you know, come up and play week in, week out and learn games, learn how to play, learn when to run, learn when to stop, that's always good. Do you think that the likes of Joe Willick and Reese Nelson are kind of lower in the pecking order because they haven't done that. They haven't gone out alone and played week in, week out and sort of learn not how to play the game of football, but learn what it takes to play week in, week out because they've never done that in their careers apart I mean, from the under 23s. And uh, you mean in England because Nelson went to Germany? Yeah, I think you got yeah, it will. Playing in the Championship, like you say, is the making of a player because you've got teams coming down from the Premier League that are eager to get back up and then you've got the teams, there's so many big teams in the, the Championship. So I don't think going out on loan to, to Germany has really done done him many favours. You asked Josh and Josh would go, he was terrible. He had a couple of good games at the start. But then we have seen with Eddie when he went to the Championship, didn't really get the chances. Even when Eddie went down to the Championship, you know, he wasn't getting picked for Leeds. And again, he wasn't sort of learning his craft of how to play week in, week out football. So this is why I'm saying, does it affect players who don't do that, who don't know? Because like I said, Smith Rowe is coming and he's absolutely done brilliantly. I mean, So soon know, after being there, yeah. Yeah, and I know we're sort of jumping on the wave right now and it could all change. Do you know what I mean? He could have a, a, a shocker against... Palace or Newcastle and everyone's jumping on his back but at the moment you'd have to say the introduction of sort of that group of players you know Martellini and also Smith Rowe has totally transformed our season so again you know do you think that the likes of uh, Reese Nelson needs another loan and um, Chris Willock needs a loan? Needs a loan we're just talking about um, you said I made a good point Femi but we're just talking about does going to the championship help our players um, um, evolve as players? And uh, I think we come to the conclusion that, that they do because Smithrow went to Huddersfield and, and, and played really well. But we need to f- make sure that if a player goes on loan, Femi, that uh, 
he's going to get games. No more of this going on loan and like Eddie did and only getting a few sub games because that's that does nobody any favour. So I think we could uh, maybe even Nelson maybe even have a, a loan in the Premier League side. If this was a um, a normal season where you're not playing sort of every single, uh, I can't remember. I mean, there's been a few weeks, maybe one or two that we've not played in a week, but we've played every midweek. And when Europe starts in a few, it's only a few weeks till we go back to Europa League, we're literally going to be back to Sunday, uh, Sunday, Thursday, maybe even that dreaded Sunday night slot that we lost every <laughs> Sunday, Thursday, every week. And that's probably on Arteta's mind, which is to keep them around because of that sort of situation. But if you've got, like, we've got too many players, you need young players getting game time. If you look at the um, the way Chelsea did it with their young players, players like Tammy Abraham, for example, went on a couple of loans before he came back. Eddie hasn't had that sort of game time, you know, and, and he's, he's now feeding on scraps in terms of game time. That's not really going to help his development, you know. And then the fans are now getting on his back, like you're saying. So it's 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 one of those things where you you kind of have to. I think half season loans are quite a good compromise. So where you'll finish group stages of competitions, and you know there's not as many games. You know, if if we drew a smaller team, for example, we've drawn Benfica, so we have to play a sort of a strong team in that game. So. I mean, especially someone like Reese Nelson probably needs to go out on loan. You know, it, it needs he needs something for his development. Um, a championship loan isn't bad as well because the, the quality of the championship, it, it means that they have to fight for their place. They have to fight every week. So I think, yeah, I think I think loan time is, is probably... And that's what I was saying about Joe Willock as well. When you've got... He, when Partey's been injured for about two months now, he, he still hasn't had a lot of game time. So now party's back. Where's he going to get the game time again? You know, yeah, because we don't have the yeah, we're out of the League Cup, and we don't have the uh, the group stage of the Europa League where you two could play. Where we could all play in the Europa League against Dundalk and things like that. I mean, we won six out of six, and so those games where he could come in and establish himself, those games are gone. We've only yeah. got tough games now. Yeah, but it's, even, it's good. Like you said, even in the FA Cup, we've got. Who's it? Southampton or, or, Shrewsbury. or Shrewsbury? I mean, you know, Laws will say it's probably going to be Southampton, but uh, look how good they're playing at the moment. So, if he wants to stay in the FA Cup, he's going to have to put out a full strength squad, isn't he? Let's be really honest. So, you know, you can't even say he's going to come in against Southampton, and it's it's a bit worrying that, like you said, he, where is his game time going to come from? Um, can we afford at the moment to go and loan him out or do we need him as cover just in case, you know, one of our mid party gets injured or Shaka gets injured or um, Sobios gets injured. But it is a good sign that when our young players are talking about going, it's the, the level of club that they've been linked with. Now, Eddie's been linked with a move to West Ham and I think Southampton and a few teams on that. It's not like, Barnet are coming in for them. We think like like with poor old Matt Macy. No disrespect to Matt Macy, but he's he's been at Arsenal for 10, 12 years. He's he's played I think two or three games, and now he's gone to play in um, in Edinburgh. It's a beautiful city. It's one of my favourite cities I've ever been to. But you're going to go and play in the Scottish Premier League. You're not even playing for one of the big two, and and so that that 
if that is uh, some kind of judgment on the player's ability, the, the teams that want you, then that's pretty good for Eddie because West Ham are a mid-table Premier League team that have just got rid of a bloke they paid 50 million, 45 million for for 20 million. And uh, yeah, they moved out another couple. So, yeah, so it'd be, I think it'd be good, but I wouldn't want to sell him. I'd like him to go on loan there for maybe, but then again, like you say, we might need him because we've only got two two other strikers because Balogun looks like he's, he's not in no hurry to stay, which is a travesty. But, what yeah. did, but a question for both of you, because Danny just sort of said something that kind of sparks my interest. So if, say, a Scottish Premier League club, Hearts, Hibs, you know, anyone out, out of the big two, well, big one at the moment, because we're one of them, like, nine yeah. points ahead. Stupid league. But um, <laughs> out of those, if, some, if the other 10 clubs came in for him, um, would you recommend him going to Scotland if he was guaranteed to play no. week in every single no. game he was going to play? Would Pointless. you want, you say no? Yeah, I'd, I'd only let him go to, to Rangers. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'd only let him go to Rangers. I, I, yeah. The quality of the league is is just. Oh, I mean, you, you, it's like sending them to League One. Basically, you, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. I mean, these are. Even though they're not getting into our team, like Danny said, the the kind of teams that they would attract for transfer, that that will probably devalue their transfer value if if anything. Um, you know, Especially if they go there and fail, imagine that. Yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> you want to? I think top of the championship at worst is what you yeah. want to be looking at. Um, lower Premier League. I mean, as long as they're going to get game time. The, the, Lower Premier League is, is quite good as well. I'm sure teams like Newcastle, I, I just watched Newcastle, you know, oh. we watched them on Saturday. They're, they're pretty dreadful at the moment. Someone like Reese Nelson could could definitely get into a Newcastle team. Someone like like Eddie could definitely get into a, a lower Premier League team. It'd be good you if know. there's no pressure for them either. I don't want them to go to a relegation battle because that's you want them to go mid-table where they're going to be able to um, play well, win games, get confidence and express themselves and then show what they can really do. Well, that's so kind of Sheffield what, um, United is a no. Smith Rowe done, isn't it? He went down to the Championship playing week in, week tough out. tough battle. Yeah. yeah. But that makes him, you know, when, like I said, you've got to learn how to manage yourself when you're playing week in week out and I think yeah they can all play football very well because they want to be in the Arsenal squad if they couldn't but it's almost like when you got alone it's learning how to play football um, all over again true yeah yeah, uh, and I think I think one one of the things that will probably determine their futures is something that we probably can talk about now is incoming transfers as well because if you're looking at uh, a lot of the rumours talking about us signing certain players, that's once again going to block their pathway. <laughs> you know, even if you sign one more central midfielder or forward thinking midfielder, that's that's a blockage for at least two of them, if not all three of them, to be honest with you. So I want to get your thoughts on a few transfers that we've been linked with. So just a couple. The first one is Julian Brandt's. Um, Danny, you can give us the lowdown on Julian Brandt and then just, just we can discuss him a little bit. Um, yeah, I need permission from Drew for this because Drew's the expert and a fellow Dortmund fan. And if I get even one syllable or pronunciation wrong here, it'll come round because he's six foot nine and he'll 
it'll tickle me until I wet myself. Um, the notes I made on him, um, Richard Dortmund, he signed, so this is his second season there. When he was at the team before that, which I've, I've forgotten what it was, it might be Mönchengladbach, I thought, someone like that. He was averaging, I think, 10, 11, 12 goals a season. He's a more creative player. And so then Dortmund bought him. They spent a decent amount of money on him. He's only 24 now, so that's nearly 25, and he was 23. Um, this season, 21 games and one goal. Now, Drew has made it very clear. Go to Drew Changes is 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 at regularly, so God knows what it is at the moment. But um, Drew said he isn't really his, his job isn't to be a goal scorer. Although he and I heard on another podcast, um, the Tifo one, I think we were all talking about in the WhatsApp group, that he's played left wing, right wing, central mid, central midfield, attacking midfield. He's played in all of those positions. So this season, 21 games, one goal isn't good. But Dortmund are kind of struggling, plus they've had a manager change. Uh, last season, 42 games and seven goals, um, but 35 games for Germany uh, with, I think it was three goals that he'd scored. So I don't know what play we'd be getting. We would be getting the team that he was at before Dortmund, where he seemed to be a bit of a playmaker, scoring goals, getting assists, or if he's going to be the player at Dortmund, which is why they want to get rid of him. I have never seen him play. I know absolutely nothing about him, but I think he's six foot one and he's, uh, he's a, de- a decent... You don't get 35 caps for Germany if you're rubbish, do you? But I don't want another player coming in who we're going to go, well, where do we play him? I want someone to come in like Party, where he's going to go, yep, one of the first names on the, on the sheet. We know what he's going to do. We know what he's, he, can do, he has done. And uh, we're not going to be going, oh, is he left wing this week? We, we don't want another Willock, is what I'm saying. This is it. Now... With that being said, Carl, what, what what do you think about? Uh, I'm just going to focus on Julian Brandt because there's, I mean, we discussed quite a few of the transfer rumours. Uh, we've answered a few questions. I, mean, I don't think there's a lot moved on, but this one is something that really intrigues me actually. Because if you're signing him to play out wide, what would be the point? I'd ask Carl because if you've got Obama Yang and you've got Martinelli for the left side, you've got Saka, Pepe, William, is it not the number 10 that we've decided we're playing a 4-2-3-1 now? Arteta's stuck his neck out on that now. Is it not a number 10 that we need considering we cannot risk Smith role-playing every single game? Yeah, we probably do, but I got a feeling that Arteta's lost a little faith in Pepe. Um, Definitely, and I think maybe behind closed doors he won't publicly tell you but also William as well I think that um, Pepe has not produced what he promised um, or what we thought he was going to produce I, I don't think that um, me and Danny were talking about it on Saturday would you take 30 million for Pepe right now and I think we both come to the conclusion that we probably would. You take a huge loss on him because his stock definitely, um, his stock definitely hasn't risen. And I think that Arteta's kind of, you know, seen it and just probably thought, I need someone else to replace him. Yes, I agree with you. I think we do need a number 10 if you're going to play the 4 2 3 1 situation. So we definitely need. Um, a number 10 and hopefully he can come in hopefully he can come into that sort of uh mode but if he's going to play out wide then yeah i think you're absolutely right I, I don't see the the point of signing him to play him out wide uh unless you're gonna play lacazette in that number 10 role 
um, that link up man and then play um, Aubameyang up front. So, yeah, it's 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 really it's really hard to to judge what what Arteta is thinking at the moment. Um, for me, if you're going to talk about Julian, there's only one Julian to talk about, isn't there? And that's Mr. Draxler. But I'm not joking. Um, but um, in all seriousness, I, I, I don't think we need any more wide players, especially not in January. Maybe you'd need to look in, in, in the summer and see if you can move on a few people. You know, we could talk about William, we could talk about Pepe. Um, but for now, in January, signing another wide person, for me, absolutely redundant. And I think we need to sign a number 10. Yeah. What do you do, yeah. Femi? Do you want him? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, um, like you, like you said, I have not watched a lot of him play. So I, I can only go by things like, uh, Drew's, uh, um, thread that he had and I've, I've seen a few other bits and bobs but you know it's it's one of those ones where I, I'm more trusting in someone like Reese Nelson if if you're going to have that many wide players I wouldn't bother bringing another wide player in um, but I mean I, I, I like Buendir, I've seen him play for sure I do like him you know, nice, tidy, cr- creative player, um, you know, but once again, he tends to operate from a a wide playmaker role at Norwich. So it's, it's, it's that kind of thing as well. And I think one of the things you were saying about the Germany caps, having 35 caps for Germany. Now, usually I would say, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good thing, isn't it? But the, the last, I don't know about, if I look at the last 35 games that Germany have played, they've not been pulling up any trees at all. They've been, I mean, the last resort that they had, I'd wonder if he was in that team. I'd, I'd be worried about that because they got absolutely stuffed by Spain, didn't they? So Germany haven't been great recently. So it's it's not that hard to get in their team. And and and, and speaking of Germany, let's let's keep it all things German. Um, actually, before we go all things German, I want to really just ask you very quickly, do you think we're going to be busy with incomings in the next what couple of weeks that we've got of the transfer window? It's only a few, what, 15, 20 days left of the transfer window? Do uh, you think no. we're going to be busy or not, incoming-wise? No, I just can't see it. Arsenal just took out a hundred and. Twenty million pound loan just to stay up, to stay afloat, but to help them along with this COVID crisis, we can't go out and be spending money uh, on players. So, for me personally, I just can't see um, us going out and spending silly amount of money. It would be lovely to get some players in and. You know, we'll talk about obviously the goalkeeping situation later, but we definitely have to get a goalkeeper. Hundred percent, it has to happen. Um, it would be nice to go and get a midfielder in. It would be, you know, lovely. Whether it's going to happen or not, uh, I don't know. I think, I think COVID is is really affected a, a lot of clubs, and for a team like Arsenal who rely on match day revenue, you know, you're talking. 2 million every single game, 19 games at home. Um, and then you're talking about the odd cup game at home as well. So that's another, you know, 2 mil. And, you know, it's hit us hard, the fact that we have to go and get a loan. Um, so for us, I just, 
don't see us spending a lot of money now when in uh, June uh, on the summer, we might need to take that money and go and buy uh, a better player. You know, why get a player now that may cost you, I don't know, 10 with a stopgap who you can go and get for 15 as a proper player, if that makes sense. Danny, do you think we're going to be busy in um, coming wise? Firstly, Bran and Leno were unused subs in that, in that 6-0 hammering by Spain, just to, uh, just to ease us all. I think getting players out is more important than getting players in because uh, um, the uh, Crystal Palace podcast sent us some questions and I forgot to give them to everybody, so I answered them quickly the other night. And they were saying, that, um, do you need any players? And I said, I think at the moment we've got everybody we need. I don't want to um, upset the, the the balance of the team at the moment by bringing in too many players. I don't think we need a, a goalkeeper is what we need. Someone like Rob Elliott, who was let go by Newcastle, David James, if he's still around, someone you know, someone of that of that quality. He's played a load of Premier League games and is uh, close to retirement. But David James is never going to be retired. Um, Jens Lehmann, another one, someone who can just come in and sit on the bench and uh, shout at people. But no, I think Rob Elliott. I think his name's Rob Elliott. The one that used to play for Newcastle, they let him go at the end of the season. Yeah, um, a journeyman one. Although uh, it was a shame that we didn't go and get um, who's a bloke who was at Stoke, English goalkeeper, um, got the oh, Crystal Palace. That's it. I think he they was now five. third choice at Crystal Palace. I th- yeah, but I think he played. He played in the uh, in a cup game the other week, and then they lost. So, but that that kind of player who. Maybe someone who is lost, uh, is a bit lost in the wilderness. Remember Maybe someone. England's number one. Jesus. Yeah. I oh, know. Yeah. It's crazy. That's what two seasons in the championship will do to you uh, at the bottom when they should have gone down. But I'm more worried about players going out. There's uh, he who shall not be named. He needs to pull his finger out and go. I mean, that, if you're looking at his Instagram, he's loads of things of him. It looks like he's in in a Turkish sitting room with uh, the, the pictures. And I think they were drinking Turkish tea or something. I vaguely remember something like that. So they, they're, they're teasing us. It looks like Genoa want um, Socrates. There's a couple of teams that have said they're interested in Mustafi. According to reports, I know nothing about transfers. I think at this time we've got the players that can come through and do a job. We, we've seen the emergence of uh, Saka and Martinelli and um, Smith Rowe. And then we've got the other ones we were talking about earlier Nelson, Willock, and Eddie that can cover if they need to. So I think things are ni- falling into place nicely. So, uh, like you were saying, Carl, we don't take out a £120 million loan if we can go and afford to go and buy loads of players. Maybe bringing Julian Brandt in might be a good idea. But if we don't sign anyone, I'll be perfectly happy. It's just I just want so many the three players I want out of the club, and they've let, got to let's, go. Let's talk about the three players. Let's let's go straight on to them. There's a German connection, as I was saying, with all three of them as well. So let's talk about first of all. Let's let's not even spend too much time on them, but let's talk about um, Mezzil. Let's bring his name back into existence. Um, so yeah, start them. triggering people. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Don't 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 um don't tag his name on this, but by any means. So you you've you've got um Mesut who's been sort of given all sorts of hints, and basically reading between the lines, he's basically agreed a contract with Fenner, Barchi, and basically he's working out a deal with us. Even with Arteta's comments yesterday, he said Edu and the board you know, are working on whatever they need to work on for the last three days. Now, 
one of the things that came out was <laughs> that his agent offered us the chance to pay him off in installments for 18 months. The, Is that the, the 35 month. grand a week thing? If he yes. goes, he still wants 35 grand a week for the next for year 18 and a half. months. Yes. <laughs> now, thanks. <laughs> would you rather pay him off for 18 months or just leave him in the reserves for the next six months and just just let him go and not never have him on your books again? What would you rather do? That's a tough one, isn't it? I'll just get rid of him at any cost, even if we have to pay that. We wouldn't, we aren't the first. I mean, Bale is at Spurs, isn't he? On oh, he's four hundred thousand pound a week, and I think Real Madrid are still paying the majority of that. Um, Juventus can't get rid of Ramsey, even if they wanted to, because he's on four hundred grand a week. We wouldn't be the first team. I mean, if it's his thirty-five grand, Carl, that, that that's okay, isn't it? And that's justifiable because we're getting him out, but. I think it will maybe have to do with image rights and stuff like that because we paid a lot of money to get that. So this is why we don't run a club because we've got no idea. But yeah, just, just go. Yeah, have some money and piss off. No, this, the problem is is that you don't want a player to hold you to ransom. Um, would I pay him thirty five grand a week for eighteen months? The problem is, and I think um, Arsblog and uh, Gunnerblog sort of raised this, is that footballers at the moment with these perilous times of um, COVID, they they need a club because, you know, at the moment, they don't know if they're going to get signed or what. So I think that is his kind of insurance plan where, you know, if for some reason he doesn't get uh, a club, he's still got 35 grand coming in for the next 18 months. Um how will you cope on thirty five grand a week, Carl? The, 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 the problem is, tough, isn't it? The problem is, Danny, when you earn like three hundred fifty thousand pounds a week, you live a three hundred fifty pound a week, three hundred fifty thousand pound a week lifestyle. So the issue is, you know, he he has, you know, he has certain outgoings. Unfortunately, um, that I mean, I don't even know how much that is, um, Alexa. What's 35 times 18? Shitloads. <laughs> so that's 630, so that's 6.3 million uh, for 18 months. Um, <laughs> oh, paying him 6.3 paying him 6. million or... You could have him shot for less than that, couldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> million or leave him in the reserves for the next, what, six... Well, we it's not even a reserve, Carl. He's not even playing for well, reserve. For next six yeah. months, or three hundred and fifty thousand pound a week. That's I don't know. I, I just don't want to be held ransom um, to him personally. So I'd probably just leave him. I would just say, you know what, cool. I, I would. I would. If, if he, there, if, yeah. yeah. If they came, if they keep coming with silly offers to the club. To like you said, try and hold the club to ransom to say, well, you want him out, so you have to pay up. The I think we still owe him about eight million total. I think another loan to payment. Yeah, if we owe him about eight million between now and June, whatever it is, I would just say, you know what, mate, just just sit here. Then we we don't mind. Just sit here, just train. We're not gonna. They can't stop him training because apparently he can take us to court if we stop him training. So come to training if you want, if you don't want to come. It's just a, a shame because it seems like Arteta is trying to get rid of a, a group of 
players look at Mustafi and Socrates as well. No, and, they are, didn't you? The Bundesliga bastards. Yeah, the Kolasinac is gone <laughs> as well. It, it, it's a group of players that he seems to have, you know, decided, you know, it's just time to move on. And it would be a shame if he decided that he wanted to stay. But my personal thing is, I think he's been not as interested in football, let's put it like that, since the Germany since since the Germany situation happened. I, I think he's found it hard to motivate himself to play football. But that's obviously that's my opinion. I don't know him in any way, but it'll be interesting to see if he pulls the trigger and just says, you know what, just just let me go and settles for something that we can pay even if we paid his wages till the end of the season and just let him go, even if we paid the hundred percent, I mean, we would have to pay it either ways, won't we? So do you think that maybe he's trying to save face as well a little bit? Cause you are the legend. Cause he is a legend of world of football, not maybe at Arsenal, some would say, but for Germany, for, for Real Madrid, for Arsenal, for, for just in general, um, religious wise, um, a lot of uh, Muslims like football and get into football because of, he is such a, a strong figure. In, in the way that he um, represents himself. And he has got a lot of face to save, hasn't he? It's not like it's um, some player that, is, that doesn't play international football and has only just come in at a massive man. It's not like a Balotelli, is it? I mean, I love Balotelli, but Balotelli's been let go by so many clubs. He just takes the money and goes, and then he moves on to the next one. So he's, I think a lot of it was be the, the brand is actually, rather than save face, you've got the Mesut Ozil brand, and he doesn't want to damage the brand, does he? Um. I, I'm going to agree to disagree with you, Danny, because, um, like you said, I think we know everybody knows that he's not in the squad. It's not for football reasons at all, because he spoke out uh, against China about the treatment of Muslims. That's the reason why. And yeah, but then he played, like Josh says, he played 13 games after that. Yeah, but I think the pressure after that, because he may have played 13 games after that, but. One hundred percent. It was um, must have been pressure from overseas. Think about this: Are you honestly telling me? Are you honestly hand on heart telling me that having a Mesut Ozil in the squad is worse than not having him in the squad? You trying to tell me that even no. in a in in the Europe, even in Europa League, even if in um, in the FA Cup, even in the League Cup, he couldn't play a game. Are you honestly telling me even in the League Cup he couldn't get a game, or in the FA Cup against Newcastle he couldn't? Come on, come on now, that's just, it's just ridiculous. Well, there's a question to... for you: If Arteta could go back, Doctor Who could take him back in time. Do you think Arteta would do the same thing all over again? Because it hasn't worked out for anybody, has it? Mesut should be playing. He should be involved in the thing. He, he isn't going to be. He's not going to have anything negative on the pitch, is he? Maybe not play him as much, but still have him involved. Yeah, I you've got to. I mean, how he doesn't even make the um, League Cup squad, ridiculous. How he doesn't make the FA Cup squad, ridiculous. So you, he's not for. That is no way for footballing reasons. No way whatsoever. Because you just throw him in, wouldn't you? You just put him in the game to see what he can do. If he said, okay, we couldn't put him in Premier League because you know we didn't have enough. Thing, are you trying to tell me for footballing reasons he doesn't even make the FA Cup squad? You know, as bad as we was when we was going through our severe run of form, like that was ridiculous. He didn't make the the squad to face Man City, and I think it was a loss loss with Arteta because um, 
if he came in and he done brilliant, let's say he came against Man City and he set up three goals, everyone would be saying, see, that's why he needed him in the squad. So it looks bad on Arteta. Um, but if he came in and he done shit, Arteta would be like, um, the people would say, it's like, well, you weren't playing him footballing reasons. Why have you just thrown him in now? He's had no game time and they just decided to throw him in against you know, one of the best teams in Europe. So, for me, it was, I don't know, I just i just don't believe it's for footballing reasons. And whether when he leaves and, you know, this tell-all book that he might, might or might not write, who knows. But I just don't, there's got to be more to it. You don't just, someone who's the highest paid player at the squad, at the, in the club, Someone yeah, someone whose assist assist record uh, was brilliant. Yes, it's fallen by the wayside, but you don't tell me that you just do not play a player of that calibre for quote-unquote footballing reasons. That's the equivalent of someone like, I don't know, Man City leaving out uh, Aguero or Man United leaving out Pogba. You know what I mean? It yeah. just—it just doesn't—it just doesn't happen. But it happens to Arsenal. It's, it's silly, very, very silly. It, it will be, like you said, interesting to see what he says when all this is said and done. Because even if you look at the squad, he's the only player that hasn't played any sort of football at all. So you've got Socrates, who obviously we know hasn't been in, included in the squad, but he's played, I think, two to three under twenty-three games as Socrates. Meza has played zero football since almost last February, to be honest with you. So almost coming up to a year now, he hasn't even kicked a ball. You know, Socrates was on the bench and he came on during lockdown. Meza didn't come on during lockdown. So he's he's been out of it for even Mustafi, who was injured, has come back and he's played uh, nine games. So it'll be interesting to see, see what happens. And, and my guess is that He's him and his agent have probably just been told the same thing that we've been told, which is it's football reasons. So they probably haven't, I bet you they have not gone into detail with him. They probably just told him, oh yeah, we just made a decision based on football reasons. So it will probably be his guess as well as, you know, ours. He'll probably have his why it's happened, but you know, he probably was just told, yeah, it's footballing reasons. But that being said, um, I'll skip past Mustafi and Socrates. I, I, I mean, I, I think Socrates is probably going to leave because he looks like someone who's hungry to play football. Mustafi, I think that situation is probably a lot more complicated with six months left. You know, we'll, we'll see he's what happens he, anyway. He's really stated going back to Germany, didn't he? Has he? Yeah. Well, with six months left, you know, I'm sure he can find a, a good club. If he can find a club to take him on now, that'll be very helpful. I'm, I doubt we'll get a single penny for him anyway. So that's no, I another. don't think we we'll get a penny. But I just think that he needs to find uh, a club that's, you know, just he needs to get paid. And <laughs> I think that no matter what, he'll go to any club. I think any club in the world. If you're a free agent and any club in the world tells you, you know, we'll come and pay you, I don't know, 40, 50 grand, you're going to go no matter what because you have a livelihood to look after, you've got a family to look after. So they said that's why he wants to move back to Germany because for, he wants to finish his career in Germany with his family. Yeah, he's got a, he's, he's got a young family, hasn't he? So he's um, Italian. That's why he went to go to Inter that time, didn't he? Wasn't it? 
Oh, is he? Okay. I'm sure his wife well, yeah. yeah. Good luck to him um, wherever he goes. We've got um, we've got ample centre back cover. We have still got Callum Chambers, who's warming up on the touchline. Hasn't come That's on the pitch, isn't it? The, he's not yeah. played much. I'm just looking at the, the Socrates. His last game was in the the EFL Trophy, where he lost three 0 at Wimbledon. We had two players sent off. Game before that was the under twenty three game, like you said, and the last Arsenal first team game. First of August in the FA Cup. There you go. I don't know if he played oh. in the FA Cup, did he? Um, oh, he came okay. on as a sub for David yeah. Louis two minutes to go. Yeah, there you he go. came on. Yeah, he came on as a sub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, he's. We'll, we'll see what happens with them. But one one player that has sort of caused the stir today, which I don't know why, but I'll ask anyway, is uh, Rob Holding who signed a new contract uh, to 2024. And one thing that we noticed there is uh, Arsenal announced that, you know, it's, it's, it's got an option for one more year, which is something that they had not been putting in contracts before, but now seem to be putting in a lot more contracts. Yeah, William's got one, hasn't he? It's two plus one. I really hope it's two plus one, <laughs> not a straight three. <laughs> That's That'd scary. <laughs> yeah, because obviously last summer we... We thought David Luiz had two, and then all that um, shambles yeah. at Man City happened, and then we found out he had a one plus one, which came out of nowhere. It came like a bolt in the blue to Arsenal fans, didn't it? It's and almost he, like he's none of our business. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but when he performs like he did against Man City, it becomes a bit worrying, doesn't it? That players are that concerned about contracts that they can put in performances like that. But Rob Holding, what do you think? Good, bad, indifferent? What do you guys think? I'm happy with it. I'm, do you know what I mean? He's, the thing is, with um, even if we don't... We're going to need to upgrade on Rob Holding, I think. Definitely. I think if you're playing one of um, Mari on Gabriel, you need another right-footed um, centre-back. At the moment... You know, we've us losing. You know, you think about it, we're going to lose Mustafi, we're going to lose Socrates, we're going to lose um, David Luiz. So, uh, at the moment, you are looking at um, you're looking at what's his name again? Rob Holding. Sorry, being our only right-footed centre back apart from Saliba. Well, who knows about Saliba? He's up in the yeah, air. I think that ship sailed. Yeah, so Rob Holding is literally our only right-footed centre-back. So we are going to need to buy a centre-back in the summer. That's that's 100% for sure. Um, so I think it's good. I mean, he's 25, English. So even if we decide to sell him in, say, two years, he's going to have, one, the English premium, and two, um, we're going to get quite a bit of money for him. So, And even if we don't, and even if we keep him, at the end of the day, Rob Holding is he's a player that comes in and does a job. You know, there's no thrills about him. He's not he's not excellent, he's not brilliant, but he does a job for us, and that's what uh that's a good thing that he can come in and do that. So I think it's good. I think it's a good bit of business, a, a brilliant bit of business, and um you know, I just think that he he's I just I just think it's good. I, I don't see any negatives to offering Rob Holding another contract. Yeah, I 
wholeheartedly agree. I can't disagree with any of that, to be honest with you. Two million quid, and he's shown he is willing to wait, and he's not stamping his feet when he's not playing because he come from a team that just got relegated to League One. Two million quid. He's going to be, if we take the one-year option, he'll be 29 when that option expires. And for a centre-back, 29, you're coming up to the peak of your career, aren't you? Yeah. There you go. And 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 one thing on, on centre-backs that I'll say before we move on to goalkeepers is I got this funny feeling that we've not seen the last of David Luiz in the summer. Uh, just, just, just <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> well, he's a cheeky chap. You can't help but like him, can you? I mean, some of the stuff he gets up to, I just like the bloke. I can't dislike him. Yeah, he seems like a guy that knits the dressing room together. Mm. Um, it seemed like when um, didn't we when we scored? He um, someone ran, did Smithro run up to him and grab him when he was warming up after Smithro scored, or one of them did, or maybe it was um, maybe it was Sack or Tierney or someone like that. There's a photo of him grabbing him, grabbing old Louise and, and shaking him when uh, when Louise wasn't even on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how how all that pans out. But one one other random thing that popped up out of the blue yesterday in. Arteta's um, press conference is the goalkeeping situation. It just, someone just threw a question at him, which is uh, Matt Macy's gone on loan. Um, you know, what's your thoughts on your goalkeeping situation? And he, he went into an expansion, which basically said, we're looking to do something about it. And I thought he, he was going to say in the summer, and he said, this window. And I thought, wait a minute, that came out of absolutely nowhere and one of the things that also came out of that was that they were looking to loan out Runnison and I thought what in what the hell is going on here what why what do you mean loan out Runnison but I guess it kind of made a bit of sense when you were talking Danny about the homegrown type situation where Runnison is taking up a spot of a homegrown player now First of all, let's talk about you, we, we've spoken about Matt Macy. Good luck to Matt Macy. Let's talk about Runison first of all. What have we done here? What what kind of signing is this? Is this the biggest panic signing in the history? Forget the price. The biggest signing, panic signing since Park. Danny, what do you think? Um, yes, in a kind of way. I'm trying to find out who it was because uh, runner the gunner Runison. Is Icelandic plays obviously for Iceland. I don't like it when people say obviously, but this is obvious. And one of the backroom staff knows him from his time at Iceland. I think he was a goalkeeping coach there, but I can't find out who it was. He'd lost his place playing for Dijon. He lost it to the end of last season. The other goalkeeper come in this season. He hadn't had a sniff. I think well, they were looking at it. Hold on, we're getting twenty million quid for Martinez, who we who was a, a one million pounds player six months ago. Twenty million pound in, one million pound out. We'll just get any old goalkeeper who's available that's half decent. Oh, I know someone I used to work with with the Icelandic national team. How much is he? Million. Get him in. And I think that was the situation. They didn't really. Matt Macy, you've spent time in the conference and League One. You were Plymouth. They finished bottom of the league and got absolutely smashed most games. He isn't an Arsenal um, player. And we've got my personal favourite. I always say there's always one young man to keep an eye on. Arthur Oconquo. 
Oh, fucking hell. Sorry, Arthur, if you're listening. Six foot four, 18. The man is going to be magnificent. He's going to be my new favourite player in upcoming seasons. He is coming through. We've got um, the Estonian Carl Hein. I want to say Rumenig, but I doubt that is his surname. Maybe that's his nickname. He's only 19, but I don't think. But looking at the under-23s, you've had five goalkeepers play for the under-23s in nine games this season. But Arthur has played the last two games, and Arsenal's under-23 season was on its arse. Now we've won four in a row. So... I think maybe that'll be the future. Let let Runnison go out and then uh, bring someone else in, um, like we were saying earlier, an older goalkeeper who's been there and done it. But I can't wait to see Arthur giving a game. Oh, Arthur, as they used to say on, on the buses. Actually, yeah, I think, um, <laughs> I think, Carl, what, what, what do you think about this? Because this is a, like quite a, uh, a worrying situation because if you do bring right, in, a, <laughs> if you bring in a journeyman keeper and, are you not just back to the same position as in Bert Leno's going to have to play every single game because there's no keeper that you're going to bring in now that you're going to trust enough with your whole season, especially with the Europa League now becoming such an important part of our season. And you would definitely wouldn't trust runners in in goal in the Europa League, would you? So you're kind of just coming back to the same problem, aren't you? Um, I don't believe that playing a goalkeeper every game is such a bad problem. Yeah. Goalkeepers don't really need a rest, do they? Let's be very honest. Um, if we was playing in the Champions League, um, Bert Leonard would be playing every game anyway, wouldn't he? So I don't see the issue with playing Bert Leonard every game. I am of the the ilk of we do need a journeyman goalkeeper, you know, like the likes of a, a Joe Hart, you know, I know he's gone to the to the scum, but um, a likes of someone like him, uh, if there's someone like him floating about, then for me, that would have been uh, ideal. Absolutely ideal. You, you tell him that, you know, you're not going to get a game. You're not going to be number one. You know, if we get someone easy in the FA Cup, then yeah, I'll play you. Barring that, you are literally here for backup and we're going to pay you 40 grand a week, you know, um, I guarantee to have that, have that, the fact that they play for Arsenal on their CV and they get in some uh, money in, brilliant. I mean, look up, uh, was it Richard Wright who signed for Man City, never, ever, ever played for them um, and was getting something stupid like 60, 70 grand a week only because he was, um, he got signed because Man City needed a homegrown quota and he never ever got a game, even like in the Europa. Um, sorry, in uh, League Cup, FA Cup, never played once for Man City. That, to the best of my knowledge, he didn't. So, you know, and he literally was probably told, "Yeah, we'll pay you seventy grand a week." Uh, and his career, he ruined his career. But at the end of the day, look how much money he was getting. So, for me, the goalkeeper situation was a, a bit of a joke. Um, Ranison's not good enough. He's not good enough to play for Arsenal. No way. And I think it was absolutely a panic buy. And I very much, I hope he's not signed like a four-year contract, although he probably has, to be honest. Um, but he needs to be loaned out and then hopefully next season loaned out again until we can fix the goalkeeping situation. But for me, I don't have a problem with playing... Um, Bert Leno every single game from now to the end of the season. No problem in that whatsoever. 
Look how often yeah. we moaned in the Wenger days of uh, having a cup keeper. We don't want a cup keeper. We want the same. We want our best keeper to play the whole time. Did you know that Richard Wright's middle name is Ian? <laughs> yes, he didn't. He joined Man City at thirty-five, four seasons, zero games, left at thirty-nine. A richer man. <laughs> oh yeah, he left really rich, but that's just—it just goes to show you okay. that um, he had, you know, he was there and he knew for a fact that he was just going to get his money and go. Yeah, and I think I think that's it's quite smart by Man City because now their second, well, their third keeper or whatever is um, Scott Carson. So they seem to plan on having, you know, a homegrown keeper, no matter what age they are, experienced keeper on their books. So Scott Carson is, you know, taking up a homegrown space rather than another another place. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I think something is afoot in the goalkeeper. They do it all the time, though, didn't they? Remember Alex Manninger? Do you remember where he finished his career? I don't know. Liverpool. Ah, uh, yes. I remember him playing for Liverpool. <laughs> hey, mate, um, is, is Buffon busy? He's 50-odd. He'll come and do a job at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> he still it's gets games. Yeah, he still gets games, doesn't he? Because uh, yeah. they definitely rotate him and um, RX goalkeeper. So, Boy, check. Uh, Chesney. Oh, what could it yeah. be? Anyway, exactly. Um, Another homegrown keeper that we yeah, and that was you know I mean that was very silly us letting him go, especially for what was it that thirteen million, yeah, um, and he went on to go and be Juventus's number one, like that's that's that was bad business, but yeah, um, (laughs) yeah, but I obviously like hundred percent, I think we will get a journeyman goalkeeper from somewhere out of left field. um, That you feel oh right, is he still playing? Oh, oh, I didn't know about him. (laughs) Yeah. David James. He's retired, isn't he? He's... Doesn't matter. Are you still got it? Good looking young man. Full of the, <laughs> oh. the cheeky happiness. Oh, oh. Yeah, I think that will happen. And um, they, that goalkeeper will just be told, you know, you are the backup goalkeeper. Don't expect to play any games unless uh, he gets injured or we draw someone very, very easy. Like if uh, we do manage to get Shrewsbury in the cup, then, you know, if we get the goalkeeping by then, he might play. Barring that, yeah. Another small concern, COVID. That's not even an injury, is it? Anybody can get COVID at the moment or be positive out for two weeks. Then what do you do? I think that there are certain players at Arsenal that would be wrapped in cotton wool. And I think Bert Leno is definitely one of them where he... Training ground, if you need anything, we'll go out and get it for you. Have Chris going around opening the doors for him. <laughs> it might even, they might even get him his own locker room so he doesn't come in contact with anyone as well. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're not wrong there, Danny, at all. Do you know what I mean? If he has to be out for 10 days or he does catch COVID, then God That's three or four games. some bad symptoms, he's out for a while. So, yeah. I think yeah. we need to think. Uh, we need to think smartly about this goalkeeper situation, and I personally think it needs to be done sooner rather than later. Not one of them January thirty first. Oh yeah, by the way, David James, you're in the studio. Oh, do you want to sign, <laughs> sign for Arsenal? Yeah, it needs to be done uh, quickly. Arthur, that's all you need to know, ladies and gentlemen at home. Watch out, Arthur's coming, and Arthur <laughs> means business. I mean, do you think Man United will sell us one of their goalkeepers? They got three, haven't they? 
Henderson, yeah. wow. Yeah, I can't so. believe he's still on there to be a backup. Right? Oh, the guy, the guy is out on his ass soon. Henderson is brilliant. They're gonna be, who's that one? Um, the hundred billion pound goalkeeper at Chelsea that, that they never use. <laughs> They're talking about sending get send him out alone in January. It's crazy, isn't oh, yeah. it? Would we have him? <laughs> but he's on a huge wage, though, isn't he? We have yeah, no luck with Chelsea it. players, do we? <laughs> Fuck no. off! Don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to um, uh, Thursday's game. God, the games are just coming, coming, coming. We've got a game on Thursday and a game on Ooh, Monday. So Wobie's just scored tonight. Oh, no way. Is he playing? Okay. So, we have <laughs> Palace on Thursday. Let's um, look at the Palace game. So, a couple of things on the injury news that came out today. Um, one of them is Gabby Martinelli. We were expecting the worst news possible. Everyone was ready to cry once again about Gabby. But the good news is he is only missing a few days of training and they're hoping that he is back on by the weekend and ready for the Newcastle game. So that is good news. I hope that they manage him properly. So one of the players coming back we discussed is Party. I think we we did say we expect him to be on the bench. So what are your thoughts for the um, the Palace game on the Thursday? Uh, Palace have done really well against us lately, haven't they? I think uh, they've got a few draws. They've beaten us at home as well. So by no means least, is it going to be uh, an easy game? Um, I believe that they've got a few people out as well. I think uh, Ez, uh, Ez is out, isn't he? Um, injured or not injured. I think it's um, more to the fact that what he did um, going to the QPR is he out? game. I haven't heard that one. Is he out? I'm sure, he, I'm sure um, somewhere along the line they said he's not playing or he won't okay. be available. Um, sure they did. Um, I think I've heard that as well. I think yeah, some member thinking I don't, don't recognise that name. There's a Z in it. Yeah, so I think he's uh, apparently out of the game. Oh, wow. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's a threat. I think... <sighs> I think Palace's main threat is obviously Zaha. Um, he's become a really whiny little scenic <laughs> user. I've watched him a few games. He's really like, I used to kind of like him. I don't like him anymore. If you watch him, and I understand he gets kicked, I get it. Um, but it's football. You get kicked in football. Um, but lately, just just watching him play, just, oh, just constantly moaning, constantly moaning, constantly doing shit and just like get on with the game so I think that's something we've got to look out for because he'll just be told to get the ball and run I think Palace's game plan is literally get the ball and give it to Zaha so he can run um, and I don't know who they're going to try and target they might if Rob Holding's back they're going to try and target Rob Holding aren't they get the ball run at Rob Holding get the ball run at Rob Holding so um, I think we should have enough to to beat Crystal Palace, um, hopefully we do, and I, I, I truly do think it's, you know it's at home as well, so we should have enough about us to go out there and uh, beat Crystal Palace because they're not on uh, good form lately, are they? I think they lost. Did they lose the FA Cup game? Honestly, yes, they lost one nil to and Wolves. Then, and then before that, they lost. Who did I see them play? And they lost. 
They lost three nil there. The last few away Premier League games: three lost three nil Villa, one run in West Ham. They beat West Brom five one, but then everyone does. Lost one nil at Burnley, two nil at Wolves. One beat Fulham and then got smashed four nil at Chelsea. So they're away form. Unless you're playing Fulham or West Brom is rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're the kind of team that seem to give up once they're a goal or two down, as we saw against Liverpool. To be fair, the first half an hour of that Liverpool game, they played really well. But once they were down 2-0, Liverpool absolutely just destroyed them. And I watched them against Villa. Uh, Villa had 10 men for the whole second half and ended up scoring yeah, two more goals. Yeah. yeah, they were awful in that game. And um, let's see how they set up, um, because I don't know if Ben Teke will play up front or they'll play Zaha up front, but... You know, Batshuayi. Batsh, between Batshuayi and Ben Teke, they've got three goals this season between them in 25 <laughs> games, which means a hat-trick for each. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you're yeah. right about Zaha. They're in that Crystal Palace pod, man. So they said, uh, what do you think about the game? I said, well, Zaha needs to shut up going on about, oh, I wanted to go Arsenal and now I wanted now they won't live. No, you're a Crystal Palace player. Shut up. You're all about Crystal Palace. Eight goals in the league this season. He's got, he's by far not only their best player, but the best player they've had in years. And you've got the two strikers don't score. You've got unpronounceable in midfield, their penalty bloke. Um, the, I think he's Eastern European, something like that, with lots of Zs and Qs and Bs in his name that I'm not even going to attempt to say. He's got no goals this season. You used to be able to get 10, 12 goals a season from him. Quite a lot of penalties, but maybe a few set pieces. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Rubbing it in. What's his first name? Gary? I'll have a go Mil- at that. Is it not Milo? Milo? Uh, Milo. Then. I don't know. But yeah, they. Um, they I mean, it, it will be, a, like, as always, a, a tough game. They've got, you know, physical players in midfield, physical players at the back. Um, it will be an interesting test for our um, our youngsters um, playing against, you know, the McCarthy MacArthur's of this world. Um, Gary Cahill, they I think, like to get stuck in, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I've got a feeling for Olber in this game. I've got a feeling that he's one that needs to step up. It is going to good soon, isn't it? It has to. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think playing off the left, it, it will give him something um, in games like this because he, he, you know, he tends to ghost in, and where you've got Kate, um, Kate Kieran just bombing forward, it, it, it allows him. You know, space to go inside. So, I, I experience takes people with him, and they yeah, can't yeah. go with Tyranny and Saka and Aubameyang. Well, Saka will play, probably play on the right, won't he? Yeah. A, if, you're, expect... if you're a right back, you're going to be shitting your pants during that game. Yeah, yeah. So let, let, let's see what happens. But yeah, um, it will be really good to keep our, our winning run going. I've I've heard that the the longest winning run in the Prem this season is is four games. Um, and that's Everton have done that twice. So if we can at least get the, those four games, it will push us closer to you know closer to the pack. Really, I think it's a it's quite an important game. The next two games against um, against Palace and Newcastle, if we can get two wins going into a crazy fixture list that I've, I mean it's, it's it's quite crazy that when you break down our, our fixture list, and I think it, it leads us on to the next point which is the FA Cup draw um, they made the draw for the 5th and 
No, fourth and fifth round together. Um, And I found out today it was basically so logistic reasons, obviously, with everything that's going on now. So teams can plan ahead, you know, what's what, what, who's coming and who's playing where. (laughs) Who's playing where. Um, So, first of all, in the fourth round, we drew Southampton or Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury? Shrewsbury. And if we win that, we will play Wolves or Chorley. Let's look at it in a worst-case scenario, away to Southampton, away to Wolves. Why this is interesting is because we have a way to Southampton <laughs> about four days before that tie in the league. And we have a way to Wolves about three or four days before or after that tie would be as well. So this is what I mean by where you're getting a run of games that are getting incredibly tough and taxing on players. What what, what do you think of that, that draw and the upcoming fixtures after the next two? Carl? Um, it's... <laughs> it's obviously not easy, is it? It's um, the games are coming thick and fast, like we were saying. Um, I personally think that it's doable. Every, every game that we win now, we're growing in a little bit more confidence because all the games are doable. We obviously, you know, going away to Wolves, someone who beat us at home. It's hard. We, you know, we drew with Southampton at home. Um, you know, with uh, Mr. Walcott scoring. But um, listen, I think if we, I think if we can beat Southampton, I think confidence goes sky high, doesn't it? I think our confidence absolutely goes uh, sky high because Southampton are playing very, very well. Um, lately and I truly believe that if we can get past them then that gives us a little boost doesn't it like if you think to yourself you know we've managed to go away to Southampton win you know we are a, we, at the moment we're a cup team aren't we 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 definitely are a cup team we literally play to win the FA Cup it's what we've done it's what we've done for the last couple last few years so I would rather, I mean, I don't want to throw any game, I'll be very honest with you, but I would rather throw the FA Cup game and win the league game because I think the league is much more important than um, the FA Cup game. So if I if I had to choose or I would rather play, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'd rather play the more experienced players in the FA Cup game and the kids <laughs> in the league game. <laughs> This is quite funny because I um I went back and forth with um with Poznan um Paul who made a guest appearance on our pod a few weeks ago. I, I went back and forth with him on Twitter last night and I basically said at this rate exactly what you said I said we are probably going to go out of the FA Cup because we're going to need to rotate for the FA Cup and as we saw on Saturday if you take two or three players out of our team, we are a shambles, really. Not, not. We don't look very good at all. As they're still in the part of the first part of the Newcastle game, until we brought the kids and Lacquer on. Yeah, and and to be fair to him, Granite Xhaka had a, a great game as well. Yeah. But 
if you, if I mean, if you're playing back to back games and you're playing not only back to back games, you're playing. I think we've got Man United in there. We've got Man City in there. We've got the Benfica games in there. You're definitely going to have to rely on players like William. You're going to have to rely on players like um, uh, Pepe. You, you, you uh, like um, Reese Nelson. You're going to have to because they're going to have to play in the cup games because it's impossible to have that level of fixtures and not something has to give in, in, especially in this period. So what do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, I said to Poznan, I said, I'll be honest with you. If we're putting Willing and Pepe and, and these guys in, we're likely to lose to a Southampton or Wolves. What, what how, would that, how, how do you think that would make you feel? Do you, do you think we could navigate through it, Danny? Or do you think it's it, it, like Carl said, it, it might be the FA Cup might have to be the one that gives this year. Well, it's not like the players are shit, though, is it? We've seen that with, with Lacazette, the only problem was he was being asked to do a little bit too much and he didn't have the support around him. He was coming back into our area to pick the ball up like Sanchez used to do and run through the team to get it. Now Lacazette can concentrate on being a goal scorer and being creative and doing that, and that's worked wonders. Now, Pepe is a good player. William is a very good player. And so it's only a matter of time until, hopefully, they click and this starts to work together. And this may be, with the team, everybody, the confidence in the team, um, everything is working, everything's going in the right direction, four wins in a row, we should hopefully beat Palace and then beat Newcastle, and that's going to be six wins in a row, Carl. And that, even even the, the most down players, that's got to help their confidence, hasn't it? And hopefully bring them up to the same. Remember like when we used to say with Sanchez, will the rest of the team come up to his level or will, it, will they drag him down to theirs? And if, if there's quite a handful of players that are up at the top level performing and doing it all, they've got to be bringing the rest with them, aren't they? I mean, you're hoping so, aren't you? You are hoping that, you know, the likes of William are seeing these players and uh, these kids play and thinking, these kids are outperforming me. I need to raise my game to get to their level. Um, and the likes of Pepe, you know, thinking I'm being left out the squad for an 18-year-old, 19-year-old. So, mm. you know, you're hoping that happens. But if he's not doing that now, what is he doing? I, you know, I have to agree. I think I'm going to have to sort of, you know, side with uh, Femi on this one. I think that we do play the more experienced players against uh, Southampton for the FA Cup. And it's ridiculous, isn't it? We're worried about playing the experienced yeah. international multi-million pound players on high wages. <laughs> Imagine that. You know what I mean? So, but I think that happens and I, and, I, and I can only hope that we do beat Southampton and do go and beat Wolves if uh, Wolves are the ones to make it through. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's interesting. I mean, it, it is even a boost to think that one of either Liverpool or Man United will be at the the, the cup as well. So that kind of gives yeah, you I forgot about that. That kind of gives you um, hope that you know smooths the path a bit. Run, obviously, you know Man City always get a, a lower league tie because that's Man City. I was re- I was watching on Twitter um, who Man United and Man City have got in the FA Cup since 2018. And I think Man United, the only time they've played... No, sorry, I think it was uh, Man City, the only time they've got a Premier League side was when they faced us in the semi-final. 
that's ridiculous. And I know it's all chance. I'm not, I'm not saying it's all conspiracy, but <laughs> you look at that and you think to yourself, my gosh, seriously, like, what's the odds that you haven't drawn a quote unquote top six side? It's just, yeah. Looking at the FA Cup last season for them, home to Port Vale, home to Fulham, who were championship, away to Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, they played Newcastle and then they played us. So, um, not a bad start. Should have a look at the season before that and see what they were doing then. Um, Here we go. FA Cup, uh, home to Rotherham, home to Burnley, away to Newport, away to Swansea, home to Brighton and uh, away to, to Watford. They scored 12... 16, 7, 18, 19, 20, 26 goals. That's not a bad draw, is it? And then they played in the League Cup, Burton Albion beat them 9-0. <laughs> 7-0 they beat Rotherham. Yeah, and even Watford in the final, they beat them 6-0 in the FA Cup. So they are getting the rub of the green, aren't they, as people who play bowling say. Yes, um, hot and cold balls, that's all I'll say. <laughs> But yeah, uh, let's uh, let's move on. Um, I mean, Femi's just going to come back and say that he's going. <laughs> he did say half past. You have given us an extra eight minutes because uh, That's all right. we started That's all right. late. So you off? Mean, yes. What else have we got to look at? This. Uh... I was just talking about Man City getting really easy teams all the time and smashing them. To be fair, I don't. I haven't looked at the draw. I just saw our tyres and I was just disgusted. It's Liverpool, Man United. Yeah, I saw that actually. Yeah, I did see that. Um, Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, Ole and I mean they got to play each other twice now in 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 a couple of weeks, aren't they? They're playing each other. They're playing playing each other next week, so that's that's a result for us, I guess. Um, I can see us hopefully shooting up the league. I'm really hopeful you know uh, i'm really hopeful that we've gone through probably our worst period in our in our long in a long time in our history <laughs> and i'm hoping that you know we, we we've something might click you know when you see players like shaka putting in a performance like he did on saturday i'm hoping something's clicked the players seem a lot happier uh, a lot more together um so yeah no no we we we've we've i'm 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 hopeful, optimistic, um, coming into the big run of games. But let's let's worry about Palace first, I think. Um, get through that first and foremost. Don't know what you guys mm. think. Definitely. Yeah. You can only play what's in front of you and you need to yeah. play the next game. And Palace at the moment um, are the threat to us moving up the table. So if we beat Palace, then we go and beat Newcastle. You know, we're literally right in the mix. Not of the... Not of the the championship trying to win it but at least in the mix of top four which I think this is which is the aim of this season yeah but yeah thank um I just want to thank you guys for um I'm gonna shoot off now but I'll let you guys wrap up the show and and bring us home nicely but it's been a great show fantastic See you soon cheers for me take care um Right, so what other bits did we need to... Uh, wasn't he good? Wasn't he good hosting for his first oh, time? He's better than Chris. No, that's, that's not hard, is it? Chris didn't... You know, out of all of our things, Chris didn't even reply to say whether he's free or not. Scumbag. Because he's... He told you he's like Trump, isn't he? He hasn't got a fucking Twitter <laughs> account. 
fucking mm. orange and <laughs> oh, I love you, Chris. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's probably busy um, emailing Twitter. Can I have my Twitter account back, please? Please. Three months. It's driving him mad, poor bloke. We've got I've three. Had, I've had more information about French football since Chris has gone. Accurate information, I might add, as well. <laughs> uh, since Chris has gone um, from the one he's been there. Get That's what we like. Um, <laughs> we've got three questions. So, shall I do the three questions? No, have we covered everything? Do you think? Um, I just want to touch on tyranny uh, quickly. Um, he's going to need a rest soon, isn't he? Like one hundred percent. We spoke about this on Sunday, didn't we? But well, does he? He's a... um, Michael Winterburn would have said, "I played about five hundred games in a row without missing a game." And Tyranny looks like he's, he, I'm surprised he just wasn't wearing um, his underpants running around in the snow because he's rock hard. And the injuries he's had have been shoulder injuries when he's fallen on them. So as long as he doesn't fall over, I think he's going to be yeah. fine. Yeah, because um, obviously, a, you know, a footballers don't like to tackle and slide and fall on the floor and get barged no. into the ball. No, I do never. think he needs to protect certain players. And I think Tierney needs to, I'm not saying he's got playing one game, playing knots, but I would I'd play him against Palace, but I'd rest him against Newcastle personally. I think mm. it'd be a chance time where you I mean, you think like you pulled up the stats on Saturday, didn't you, Danny? He's played ninety minutes, uh nearly every yeah, single one. Game. I think one game he didn't play and the other one he came off in the eighty first minute. So that yeah. guy definitely needs a rest. You need him to sit out a game and, and just literally Say okay, we're only going to play you if we really, really need you. Palace are quite a physical team, so maybe we're at home. They're not very good. Could, should we rest him against that game? Um, I personally would go for Newcastle. Newcastle are not in good form at the moment, and I think yeah, good point. Um, actually, you would be better playing Maitland-Niles um, against Newcastle, and then. Conservative. Oh, it's been a while, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd go for that personally rather than play him against, uh, rest him against Palace. So that's my two cents on Kieran Tierney. Hmm. Yeah, kind of agree. Um, what have I done here? I'm just getting ready to, to uh, sort of things out. Yeah, he can't play him all the time because if he's had like another, if he gets injured, what are we going to do? I mean, Cedric can play there, but Cedric isn't. He's not a bad player, but he's not someone who you're looking forward to seeing play. He seems yeah. a little bit rash at times, a little bit. I don't like my I only like people like Tyranny to get forward as a as a, a full back or a wing back to get forward and do that stuff because he does it properly. Bellerin runs down that right wing all day night and he still never really does much down there, which means um he's gonna do it next game and set up three players for hat tricks. Uh, hat trick of assists. Um, yeah, so uh, just going to go and have a look at the scores. It's still Wolves 1, Everton 1 with 20 minutes to go and Burnley nil, Man United nil. Yeah, so I, was, that moment, it's, um... I was looking at our upcoming fixtures. We'll beat Palace, we'll beat Newcastle. Away to Southampton, yeah, not really bothered if we get knocked out of the FA Cup, we've already discussed that. Away to Southampton in the league again. Well, I think we can learn um, some tactical lessons from the first Southampton game. If... Uh, by the time we play the second one, home to Man United, that's a, a tricky game. But you've seen they, they they're not exactly on. Nobody's on form. And then we're away at Wolves, away at Villa, home to Leeds, and then we're the European campaign starts again the 18th of February. So 
there's no games there that I'm overly worried about. You? It's, it's Arsenal. <laughs> uh, you would have seen um, us playing Burnley at home and Wolves at home, and you would have thought, oh, yeah, that's six points there. But uh, I'm hoping that, like um, Femi said, the bad run of form has gone, and now we can sort of turn the tide a little bit. Man United at home, I think we should beat them. I, I genuinely, I'm quite quite confident. Palace at home, we should beat them. Southampton away, I'll be very honest with you, I don't think we'll win that game. I, I, I don't think we will. Um, but, you know, this is all. Man United have just taken the lead. Um, God, Fernandez, was it a penalty? No, Paul Pogba. Um, is he but, turned up? Excellent. Uh, but, yeah, I think that we we're on a run at the moment, and hopefully we can keep it going. It's, it's good for us to to keep the run going. We need it. We need momentum. So for us, yeah, let's see what we can do against these these other teams. It's made up the title for the show: Big Bob, Arthur, and transfers. There you go. <laughs> Summed everything up. Telling you, watch out, people. Arthur's coming this time next season. Be banging on the door for first team. Six foot four at aged eighteen. Carl, how tall are you? Six eight, six nine, seven foot, seven two. I was sitting down at the time. I can't remember. You just look very tall. <laughs> six two, Danny. Six two. Yeah. So if he's six four at eighteen, what's he gonna? Is he gonna get taller than that? Do you think? Well, he might have had his growth spurt and stopped. My mum's five foot ten. She's going backwards. I mean, she's only got two inches, and she's like officially like do panto. Oh no, she's not. <laughs> right. Um, I'm just going to go and uh, paste this in uh, somewhere so I don't forget it. Um, right. The uh, the questions. Shall I move on to doing the uh, our wonderful listeners? They could, yes. you, they could only be bothered. Three. You. There's. Hold on. We have got thirty thousand followers on Twitter. Scumbags. A lot of them. They've had three questions. It's because Chris couldn't retweet, basically. No, that's probably what it is. I should have actually included you in the tweet, and then <clears throat> then you could all retweet it. Okay, note to self, I've only been doing this nine years. First question, Carl, Carl, from Kyle, at Destructible Cake. Thoughts on Rob Holding's new contract, what he brings to the team, and who next should be looking to give new contact contracts to and then says is that was a little bit more to that but i've taken it actually it made no sense and he's put arson wenger's quote he is english he is 20 years old i'm sorry he didn't cost 55 million so it cannot be good <laughs> cheeky quote there from wenger yeah so we've covered the holding a little bit but who do you think should be the next ones getting new contracts and um It depends how you want to keep long term. Um, if, you, if you're looking at the squad as a whole, do you really want to keep Granite Xhaka? No. All the rest of the players that are leaving, do you want to keep them? No. I personally would probably tie down Kieran Tierney. I'd, I'd tie him down for a little bit. Um, uh, you're looking at Saka. He's just signed the contract, hasn't he? So you don't need to sign. He's signed the contract. Give him another one, just in case. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how long Emil Smith-Rowe's got left on his contract. So you're looking at him. I don't know how long Martellini's got on his contract. So you're looking at him. So I would say Martellini, Smith-Rowe, and then you're looking at Kieran Tierney. 
phase three. Mm. Saving the title of the podcast. Come on. I uh, wouldn't let me save you, scumbag. Uh, yeah, I think we've got to uh, got to look after these young players. There's been those rumours that apparently Tierney wanted to go to Napoli. Or was it last? No, Napoli. No, he doesn't. Uh, is he any idea how hot it is in Napoli? He'd die. If they said he was going to go to Fram Reykjavik, then that I'd find more believable because uh, it's be, be knee-high in snow every single game. So uh, you've got, I think the, the contracts people, whoever they're doing it, they are getting the right players at the right time and, and securing them. But Tyranny's only been there 18 months. I don't know how long. I don't know if Wikipedia will say how long his contract is for. Oh, it does. I know it says year signed. No, it doesn't say how long his contract is for, which is a shame. But he's definitely someone that um, is at the, probably the end of this season, maybe, like you were saying, might get a new contract. Make sure keep him at the club because he doesn't seem like the kind of player that when you double his wages, he's going to go out and spend it on Lamborghinis, hookers and coke. <laughs> probably, be, probably be licorice, iron brew, and some uh, a woolly hat. Because uh, is is it ready? Is there anybody at the club that is more loved by the fans than Tierney? No, he's, he's um, definitely loved. Oh, I can't even talk about it. I'm getting giddy. Right, next question. Scroll up. From Ron Ree, who is at T-R-E-N-R-Y-R-Y-14. I can't even speak when I'm reading it. He says, the experiment playing Alba centrally clearly hasn't worked. Lacquer is coming back into form, but are our backup forwards good enough? Or should a centre forward be a priority in the transfer market? Yeah, we haven't talked about possibly buying a striker. What do you think? I don't think we will buy a um, striker. Um, I think that... Lacazette's kind of coming into form. I think if you look at Lacazette coming into form, and then you got to look at um, you still got Eddie there, and then if you really, really need, um, if you had to really need to, you could play um, Martellini up front as well. So I don't think we need a striker. Aubameyang will find his form. He just needs the right people around him. So, if you think we've got, what well, I just named, we just named that four strikers there. And if push comes to shove, uh, towards the end of the season, if he needs to play Balogun, he's still there as well, even though he's going to leave. So, no, I, I, I think a striker at the moment is not top priority. I think top priority right now is a creative midfielder to feed the strikers that we already have. Plus, we've got another 18-year-old that we've just signed, young Swedish Nico Moller. He has scored six goals in uh, three goals in six games this season for the under 23s. We've got because so many of our um, under 23s are now in the first team. All of our under 18s have moved to the under 23s, and so for him in his first season as an as a, an 18-year-old to getting a goal every other game, I don't even think he's starting all the games. And the under 23s have been ravaged this season by by injury, by form, by everything. And then we, so we've got quite a few. We bought another one, a young Dutch bloke called Joel Idaho. He's only 17. He's been playing for the under-21s again. Under-23s, I forget, because they changed the name of it. And then we've got, um, it says here, Jordan McEnough, but I don't think he's a striker. But we've got so many young things coming through. And in case people are wondering what the next wave of Hale End Academy players coming through is going to be, you got people like Miguel Aziz and there was um, Swanson 
That's another good one. But then we've got people like Joel Lopez, who's the Spanish left back, who is really, really good. And there was another one, Reynolds or something like that. Um, maybe he's still playing for the for the under 18s, but there's another right. There was a young right back coming through that George Bird was talking about that has come through and has played a couple of games for the under 23s. Um, was it Norton Cluffy? Cuffy? God, double barreled names always get me. So there's quite, I think the next batch is going to be, it's going to be Arthur and a few defenders that are going to be the next one banging on the door of the first team going, Oi, Mikel, give us a game. So that's something to look forward to. Final question, Carl, from Chris Nielsen, spelled with a K who is at Chris Nilsson number four, or just the four, not the number bit. He says, what three things did Arteta learn from the Newcastle game? Ooh, we covered this a little bit, but good question. What do you think? Um, he can't trust them. shoot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's learned that the kids at the moment are the first team and the more experienced players are not. I think that he's learned that Kieran Tyranny can just run and run and run. He's on Duracell. <laughs> Definitely. And I think he's learned that he has a problem with William and Pepe. I think he knows now that that's going to need to be addressed maybe in the summer. I wouldn't, I'll probably say not now, but in the summer, William's going nowhere. Let's be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. William is. 30, what, 32? One. No, he's 31 still. There's been rumours of him going to Italy, wasn't there? Like Inter Milan or something like that, but we're, we're never that lucky with it. No. And he, he probably will come good. Just takes a matter of time. Yeah, but how much New time do we have? We've got two players at the moment who are not... The amount of money and wages those two are costing us and Saka's the one on a free, who, who's cost us nothing. <laughs> Pepe and William, who are just not doing it at the moment. I don't think Pepe... I, I really, really want Pepe to come good. I really do. It's not going to happen. I just don't see it. I just don't, I don't see Pepe coming into the squad and tearing it up like he did in France. It's, I just think maybe he's homesick. I think it's just not... This is league's maybe too rough for him. I don't know. But he just hasn't settled. And I just don't think it's going to happen. And we're going to take a massive, massive loss on him. It's a hundred percent certain it's going to happen, isn't it? Like we're just going to take a loss and <sighs> cut our losses and let it go. And we've seen Arteta has tried Willian on the right, right midfield, right wing kind of ish, and then he's played him in the ten. He's played him in the the false eight, nine, ten, whatever position that was. He's played him a little bit. Deep. He's tried him in so many positions, and at times during games he's drifted over to the left, and it isn't working. Meanwhile, Saka's coming in banging it on the left, on the right, in the middle, up front. He could, I reckon you could put Saka in goal. It's just, uh, William's got to look at him and think, I hate you. <laughs> you're everything. You're doing everything I, sh I should be doing. But William's just running. He, he's head down, isn't it? He's always got his head down. He never looks happy. It's a shame because William was one of the best players at Chelsea over the last few years, consistency-wise. It's a shame. And I'm just looking at the, the league table. Um, Everton are now winning. We have a couple of minutes, a few minutes to go. So Everton are going to go from seventh to uh, joint third, fourth, and Man United are going to, probably going to go top. Yeah, Man United go top. They win this time. Yeah, they'll be three points clear, and all played the same number of games. So hey, uh, win it, fucking no way. No, if we win tomorrow, which we will on Thursday, we'll have twenty six points, 
And that, although that will put us on the same points as West Ham, Chelsea and Villa, our goal difference will be probably plus two or plus three. So maybe go above West Ham. But then it's another game after that we win. And then another one, then we could be in top four, top six. It's amazing. What a season though, isn't it? It's just crazy. Everyone's losing games. Like that, what's that stat you said? Or, or Femi said, no team has won more than four in a row. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, you just think to yourself, if we just won against, if we had won against Burnley at home and won against uh, Wolves, we'd be six points better off. Where would we be now? We'd be in top four. It's just... Leicester, we didn't deserve to lose to Leicester. That game, we could have got a draw out of that. Yeah, just nine points spare off. Like, yeah. just all spots and maybes. But we can't do anything about it. All we can do is look forward. And, Indeed, uh, to the Palace game, and hopefully we'll shut that moaning, flipping Zaha up. And Would you be surprised to hear that so far no one has put their hand up for Thursday's show? Raj has put his hand up for next week's podcast, people. So Raj will be on. I don't know who's going to be on with him. But yeah, no one is... Uh, and it's a tough time with people with working from home and and all this other stuff, the world's falling apart. So um, it might just be me, Cal, on Thursday. Oh, I don't talk about football. Me, I'm here as well. So it could be <laughs> Danny. three in a row, Danny. Patrick. But if you need me, I'm here. <laughs> but, um, hopefully we'll be talking about a Palace loss and an Arsenal win. A 9-0 win with Aubameyang getting all nine. Oh, stat padding. What a shit bag. Uh, right, I think I think that's it. Is there anybody... We haven't done uh, Gentleman's Nods for a while. Who is a... Uh, should we give some out? Is, is yours going to go to Boris Johnson, your old mate? He used to give you a ring when he wanted stuff. <laughs> oh, no. I will You've spoken to him, though, haven't you? All, every day. I've told him to make tighter restriction lockdowns, and he said, fuck it, I'm going for a bike ride. Typical scumbag. If only he listens to you. Um, I think my... Um, my gentleman's nod is but it's really going to go to Mike from the Gooners podcast because I was listening to his podcast... I paused it and I sent him a really shitty WhatsApp message saying, stop banging your fuck. It keeps doing this. Like when I'm making a point, I bang. We know who used to do that. He used to drive me out the fucking wall and then he'd be getting things and then he'd be rattling things around and banging it and doing all that lot. And I fucking Mike, will you stop doing it? I can't fucking listen. I've told you before. And it turns out I hadn't told him before. So my, my first warning should have been a Mike. Is there any chance you could, uh, could uh, stop banging the table. Uh, I went straight. I went straight in, as John would say. I went straight in and went straight full, full hundred percent. And it was horrible to him. And then Andy told me that Mike had a little cry over it. So, Mike, if you're bothered watching this, I'm very sorry for being mean to you. You've got to sort your fucking audio out for fuck's sake, man. Stop banging the table, Carl. I'm gonna go to the last. Arsenal person I interacted with. Oh, have you had some of those lovely ladies from Eastern Europe going, I want to be, I'm uh, going to follow you and send you sexy pics. They don't. It's a lie. <laughs> five five <laughs> times in a row I've been done by that. It's from experience, Danny, yeah? Yeah. Gutted. <laughs> Each and every time they get my hopes up, I send them my <laughs> filthy pics and then suddenly their account goes dormant. Gutted. <laughs> <laughs> I say they're my dirty picks. They're not the ones that John sent me of John. So they're nicely trimmed because John uses Manscaped. If you go to manscaped.com and use the word Burkamp, you get 30% off, 20% oh. off, 10%. You know, Carl, I can't remember. While you're having a look, I'm going to put the little banner up that will tell me what sort of percentage it is. I think you should. And I can't get this. Uh, 
My shout out goes to Liam Greyhurst. Uh, oh, I know him. Greyhurst zero one. He's the last person I interacted with. So, oh, you look at him. He's all famous. Oh, I know him. But yes, he's the last person I spoke to. Uh, he is followed by the Burkup Mundaner. He's not followed by you, though, Danny. So you don't you don't like him very much, do you? I have uh, there's loads of people on there that I've been I've been speaking to, unless I know them personally or I've done a podcast with them. I don't follow them because you know there's too much noise out there. And the more people you have following you people on Twitter and listening, are you listening to me, people? You don't people who go around saying, Oh, I, I want followers. You don't want followers, do you, Carl? Because the more people you have following you, the more people you have telling you you're wrong when you when you state something, make a stupid fact like I do when I'm moaning about shit. There's absolutely no fucking reason. But a, lot, so, you know. but a lot of people that follow me don't realise I say stuff to tweak the nipples of uh, common decency. I like to annoy people. I like to tweet stuff that makes no sense or just uh, agree with something that shouldn't be agreed with. I like to do it. And then... Uh, <clears throat> my favourite one is when someone spells something wrong and I say, look, and I say, you've, you've done that completely wrong. Why don't you learn to spell? And I spell spell, S-P-E-A-L. And the number of times they come back to me and go, you can't even spell spell right. And I think, a double win for me there, I think. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I think, Carl, we are almost at 7,000 subscribers. No, still at 6,999 because, quite frankly, you people, you're scumbags. I've said this in the last show. Did you know what happened, Carl? People unfollowed, un- unsubscribed from our YouTube channel. <laughs> I think we lost we lost 20. There you go. On the, the, the 5th of January, we lost 10 people. We're currently, if I go and click on the live thing, it says 6,990. Like I said before, people, there's podcasts that get that many a week that, that, have, that have never been to see Arsenal play, that don't know what Highbury is, that think football was invented when Arsene Wenger became Arsenal manager. They have no idea who who Paul Iderson, John Jensen, and uh, Eddie McGoldrick are. We've we've had the dark times, Carl. So the least these people, the very least these people can do. If you're listening to this, pause it, go and click subscribe on YouTube. Because last, well, look, thirty percent of you on average are the one. Thirty uh, percent of the listeners are subscribers. You other seventy percent, as Ian, as Alan Davis would say, not Ian Davis. I don't know how Ian Davis is. Freeloading scumbags. Just go and click subscribe. So I fully expect Carl to be just below 6,000 subscribers by the time the next time I go and have a look as a 1,000 people have unsubscribed. I mean, I personally blame Chris. Oh, always. Well, I've not heard from him for a few days. So, uh, I think mean, you should tweet him. Oh, oh, actually, maybe, yeah, maybe not. Um, no. Maybe I'll email him. Maybe, that'd be, maybe that might help. Uh, right, I think we're all done here, Carl, are we? We are indeed. Um... We are back on Thursday when we will beat Crystal Palace. Uh, we don't know who is on yet. It might be Danny by himself. It might be me and Danny. It might be whoever. But it might be everyone. 30 of us. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But yes, uh, Danny, um, if Femi was here, he'd be saying thank you very much for hosting this call because you're the button monkey you have to be here and it's your podcast and we just bow down to your <laughs> absolute greatness no you do not none of you do you all bully me i think that's a lie danny but yeah look just to make you happy look what i put up there now scrolling across oh look at you what better way to end a podcast with uh in fact carl in the podcast you can do it Okay, so dear listener, thank you for tuning in. We much appreciate it. Keep yourself safe. Always remember, 
Hashtag Quark Ellis. Bye-bye. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.